This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Hey guys, welcome to the Hero Academy podcast, the place where you can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes, people such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are all heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those that have chosen to serve our society. I believe in collaboration over competition. Here, you'll learn the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their purpose. Sometimes we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing, things that you could do to make some extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next. Inside this podcast each week, you'll learn from people like you that were working full time, but still found the time to create a course, grow a big team, create a coaching program, a large audience, or a profitable side hustle. The steps they took, their backstories, and how they overcame their burnout that they were facing. The perfect blend of mindset and techniques. Carpe diem. Now let's get your dream lit for your freedom. I'm your host and coach, Super Dave. Let's go. Hello, fam, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hero Academy podcast. In this episode, I am very excited because I have the wealthy servant, Monty B., Please introduce yourself, sir, because there are a lot of titles, former titles, a lot of current titles that you have. And I don't want to get it wrong because, you know, we're all multifaceted, but you yeah. do a lot. You do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's get right to it. All right. What you, thanks. What are you doing nowadays? Thanks. Well, nowadays, I recently retired. I'm a retired special agent with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Just retired this April. Um, for the last 32 years, thank you, thank you, thank you. For the last 32 years, I have served the public. It's been my dream, been my my goal as a kid. I wanted two things. I wanted to serve the public as, as a law enforcement officer, and I wanted to be wealthy. So I, I got to accomplish both of those, uh, I'm pleased to say. So um, like over the last 32 years, I've, I've been a, a beat cop. I've been a small town cop all the way up to a special agent for for state agency and and all through that time I've earned uh, I've owned several businesses from real estate to a training company a trucking company to restaurants um to now we that's my main business so I I buy and acquire real estate and restaurant businesses and uh, on the side I teach first responders how to do the same so that's that's what I'm doing that's yeah so you also have a coaching company as well, where you teach yeah. first responders how to do exactly what you're doing. And right. uh, did you write any books? Are you an author? Not yet. Not yet. But the team is like, you got it right. You got it right. <laughs> no, not yet. It's it's on the it's on the table. All right. So let's uh, let me let me dive into some of the things that you've done. Yeah. Um, did you ever do any network marketing back in the day? You know, that's funny. Actually, I did, man. That's where, you know, us, you know, guys from, I'm from, I'm from the East Coast. I'm originally from uh, Delaware. Uh, um, one of my first FTOs was like, hey, man, look, besides learning this job, you need to make sure you got a side hustle. And I was introduced early on to a company called ACN. It was like a technology company. It was pretty cool. It they also me. sold um, gas and electric to what? That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. you know, it was one of the better companies. It taught me a lot about, you know, sales and getting out there and really, you know, um, hustling and, and trying to grow a business. So, yeah, I actually was. Yeah. Yeah. I had a feeling I, I just like my I, I didn't know for sure, but yeah. most people that are hustlers. Yeah. At some point they were introduced to network marketing. It was yeah. some part of their story. Yep. Some of the greatest speakers, I know you're also a speaker as well. Some of the greatest <laughs> speakers, motivational speakers come out of that world. Zig Ziglar, for instance, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob Proctor. Yeah. You know, Bob Proctor was one of my first mentors. Really? Yeah. 26 years old. 
I flew to Toronto, uh, first time getting on a plane by myself. And of course, of course, I was on the job at that time. I still am, but I was on the job at that time and um, working midnights. And I thought I was going to meet the owner of Procter & Gamble. I thought he was right. like this multi-billionaire national right, right. corporation, international corporation owner. And then I found out that he taught personal development. I got introduced to uh, Thinking Grow Rich and the Science yeah. of by Wallace yeah. Waddle, those, those incredible books. So wow. I've had the bug along, you know, we share that that common that common journey of law yeah. enforcement and also wanting to be wealthy. So we we share I, I love that I love meeting people like you that it just like it, it excites me. I love people with that energy and that passion and that drive, man. That's 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 awesome. That's fantastic. So so let's go back to how old were you when you got on the job? Mm. <laughs> uh the job. So I originally started when I was 19. I, I actually started as a as a parking enforcement officer in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And then, wow. yeah, then the next summer I was an undercover cop in Ocean City. Island. I did that for two two seasons, eventually moved over to a town where I worked undercover for about a year, a long-term uh, investigation, didn't know what I was doing. Uh, my mom, I would come home on the weekends. My mom was like, what you, I looked all scruffy and all, you know, she's like, ugh. Eventually came home to Delaware and worked there for a couple of years. Um, had a crazy schedule. Could not finish my degree. Quit. Got my degree. Like two weeks after I quit, they had changed. They changed the schedule. Had take home cars. Had MDTs. Everything. I. I. It, it must have been me. So and eventually moved on to the Marine Corps, and that was my path. So you went to the Marine Corps. I did. I was an officer. I, I, I went to OCS. I was, uh, I went to, uh, to Quantico at, at age 29. Um, it was a blessing. I was in the best shape of my life, learned so much. Um, and, and it was an honored to earn the right to lead Marines. Uh, it just, uh, yeah, it, it was oh, fantastic. Man, thank you. Thank you for all of your service. And yeah, all yeah. Of the years of service. I it's told you, my honor. I, I told you I would give you your roses in public. Because I I don't believe in waiting to give the roses. I want to give you your roses right now and tell you, and you've lived and continue to live an incredible life. And I just want to give you this platform to share it with all of the people who are at different stages of their career. So you have some people who are at the very beginning of their career. Right. And uh, what advice would you give those men and women in uniform um, what advice would you give them, the, the, the young ones who are on the job? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, find what you're really passionate, what what you're laying your passion about um, and just dedicate yourself, get a discipline. Also, as someone told me, hey, and I, I heard this two times, both in law enforcement and then in the military, you're, you're going to have to develop another income stream just for your personal security and, and you know, just for your sake your your sanity. You're going to want to know that you're not trapped. Give yourself that gift that just start learning. Make it a, a, a discipline, just like you work out, just like you eat right. Do that. Make a discipline that you're going to at least learn and reach out to other people like yourself that, that are willing to develop you and mentor you. Those kind of things. Um, and, and make mistakes. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you're getting hammered for making mistakes, that's not the right agency to be with. That's not the right path because it's going to happen. You and I both know um, nobody that's worth their salt in law enforcement um, did make mistakes. Yep. So I think we've gotten way overcorrected and we we put the fear of God into, you know, our young, talented people and, and they're afraid to make mistakes. That's, that's baloney. That's garbage. We've got such talented uh, individuals coming to this, this career. No other career has the benefit that we do now let's let's take it to the flip side yeah we got a guy with 25 plus years such as myself 25 plus years they're looking at you know they're at the tail end of their career they're looking at the transition right what advice would you give that individual who maybe they didn't dip their toe into anything else this is all they've ever known yeah. this is this is their entire and i'm not speaking about myself but yeah, yeah. no i know those, i know you know those individuals that 
they live and breathe the job, their career, their title. Yeah. Especially when you're in a leadership title, leadership yeah. role, especially those individuals. And they're nearing the end of the career and they're trying to figure out what they should do next. Yeah. So I can relate to that too, as a matter of fact. I mean, I, I, it was one of the things I always wanted to do since I was little. And, you know, a goal was, hey, I wanted that title of special agent. Um, and it was just, an, and for the, I should have probably left two years ago. Um, just, I, but I was holding on, like you described the identity of being law enforcement protector and all these other things in my mind, I had already started to transition. That's probably a time when you should go. Um, but the, the advice is embrace being uncomfortable. Do not put yourself in a box and, oh, I can't do that. That's, that's money. That's, you know, financial investing. I don't understand. I, I can't. Funny is, if your chief or sheriff came to you before you left and said, "Hey, David, I've got you. You've got to organize a you know a rally for the community. You've got to give a speech to you know these young kids. You've also got to put a plan for the budget for the range. You've got to do these other things. I need you to organize uh, you know all these search warrants. You know we've got to go out and do all these tactical things. You've got a, every skill it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. That's what kills me." The only thing is you just haven't taught how to really do it. That's it. And But we get it in our heads. It's our own self-talk, our limiting belief that our value is between 55000 and 100000 because that's what we get paid. No, your value is unlimited because we have trained you how to be a creative problem solver. That's what it is to be an entrepreneur. But we don't realize that. You said between fifty-five and and $100,000. Yeah. But. You're you're talking about the middle of the country. Let's talk about California and New York. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. they're up there. I, there is a uh, gentleman who teaches ATMs. Yeah. And familiar. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So he was in California in narcotics, making over two hundred thousand a right. year with overtime, probably two thirty, two forty, yeah. and that salary especially in California, New York, and maybe even some parts of Texas is very seductive. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's funny. You know, I was a, a task force officer assigned to the DEA for nearly nine years during my law enforcement career. And I remember a case took us out California and I just love engaging with, you know, other officers and everything and hearing, you know, what they're doing. And, and I, this guy was really sharp. He was, he was my counterpart in California. I'm like, dude, why, why are you not jumping in DA? You just got it all. It's like, are you kidding? That would be a, a significant pay cut. And he went on and told me that because here I am in Georgia. I'm like, uh, you know, not, I'm making one third of that, uh, you know, off my W2. I never really worried about, you know, because of my business, but I was like, holy crap that yeah it is you know super seductive but that's the thing man it is it's that w2 it is that bribe for you to give up your dreams of being free and and ultimately there is a lot of us that's why we do patrol work that's why we do detective work because we are free you know what i mean we get to kind of designate where we're going what we're doing um but it's a bribe man and if you do if you really fully understood that you have every skill to write your own check. If you really understood that you, to, it, the world is really your oyster. This stuff that other civilians get hung on is nothing for us. And that's my mission is to convince you like, look, just do it. I don't care if you do it with me. I don't care if you, you know, you, you figure it out. Like, like I did early on and suffered through it and made mistakes, but just do it. Just know that it's totally possible. And there's communities out there to help you, but do not live and be you know seduced by that that W two because it will betray you. That is a fickle mistress. Uh, when you leave, it's gone. Um, and now what? So I have a belief that there is no competition. People resonate with you. They mm -hmm. resonate with me. And I, I'll I'll bring on I'll bring you on two times. You know, two times a month. Right. And we can have the same conversation because. Bob Proctor dropped the seed in, inside of me. He said, what if, you know, how would your life change if your annual income became your monthly income? And that 
that seed, that seed took a hold of me, man. Like it yep. never, it never let go. Yep. And I never lost sight of that idea. Yep. And I understood, I understood the mission. Right. I understood the mission. Right. Right. I love, I love that about, I, I love you living in, in, in abundance and, and that is exactly where I live. And it's so, it's so unique. Um, I, I think there are more folks in law enforcement that think that way, but we, we law enforcement um, supervisors and administrators, I think we get tempted on pushing them into fear. We rule by fear instead of remembering, Hey, law enforcement is a people business, man. So if you want to, you, how, you really want to keep these people, treat them well, out of the box, connect with these folks. Don't give me this garbage about, hey, they're millennials. And I can't. Da, 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 da. No, 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 no. You know, honestly, we are filled with, you know, type A's, you know, a type A is a type A is a type A, you know, an alpha is an alpha is an alpha. We just we just communicate differently. We have a little bit different, you know, raisings. But for the most part, there is a, is a common thread. And but we keep we what happens is you and I both know when we get up there, sometimes we fall back to being lazy instead of being creative and just say, well, you know, back in my day, you know, no, it is our job to be true leaders. So comfortable uh, uh, conformity. Yes. Conformity and, and being comfortable. I call it the golden handcuffs. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Because exactly. they're just they're just loose enough for you to think that you're free and that you're that's right. good. That's right. And uh, it's the check is so seductive because you get it every two weeks. Yep. It keeps showing up no matter what. But if you if there was a way that they could connect with you yeah. and learn how to earn their annual income on a monthly basis. Yeah. Why wouldn't someone take that opportunity? Like, what is it that holds back? It's great. It's a great, great question. The people that you've, the people that you've got on calls with yep. and tried to dig into like their psyche. Yep. That's, you said it right there. It is the self-talk that I keep telling myself. I keep telling myself. And by the way, you know, Dave, you know, this being in rooms with high performers, it's, when you're in the room with high performers and you start to you know talk to them and relate, you're like, okay, I get it. He, yeah, I get it. But I also get that I'm also, I'm close, you know, and I can do what he's doing. I can relate. I may not be there, but I understand it's possible. When does that happen? How many millionaires have, have they met that were cops that transitioned, you know, and came back and say, Hey, I, you know, I'm a millionaire. You know, you, you, you say that example, Hey, how many people are making, you know, their monthly w-2 salary on their side hustle you know i did it for five years before i left because i totally enjoyed my life and my when i was off i was off i got to go on you know amazing trips and do i didn't live you know and the life was that the, the job was that much sweeter because you weren't stressed about hey i gotta run to the the next pay job hey i gotta work overtime hey i gotta do this and, and the wife you know or the husband you know are like where's where's our time the kids are like, where's our time? We didn't have to worry about that. So two things, two things you just mentioned. Uh, overtime. Yeah. People get addicted to it. I know. I, I work with a couple of people. Yeah. You know, no names, of course. Uh, <laughs> who I I actually feel for them because I I understand the position they're in of needing the overtime. Yeah. And I just want to I want to take them aside and say, hey, there's a better way. There's, there's a better way to make money. And I know that they're not ready to hear the message yet. Yeah. Because I just see their actions. So I know, I know that they're not ready to embark on that better way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like your faith too. You know, when we plant the seed, I mean, it, you know, for a little bit there, you know, I drifted away from my faith and somebody, you know, recently, um, believe it or not, a retired FBI agent recruited me back into a Bible study and just planted that seed. It did, it had been there, uh, but it was really, honestly, an uncomfortable you know thing I needed to do. But so you never really know. Plant, being being willing to plant that seed, it's not plant like you're plant seed, this, plant you, seeds. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know what's cool is this is not you trying to you know get them to do something. This is truly a benefit, if nothing else. I love where your head is as far as abundance. Who knows if I plant a seed or they hear me, they suddenly come to you and say, you know what? 
you've been saying it, where I've been listening over the queue when you've been talking to other people and trying to help them, can you help me? You know, so, I honestly would have you on the show once a month if if your time afforded, if your time yeah. afforded it, because yeah. uh, the way you think and the way that you you communicate your ideas are are so incredibly important and special. And some people will only connect with your voice. And I know yeah, you I, were you're just like <laughs> I know that's it. Such, such an honor. I would do, hey, Dave. I'll make this, you know, my team will go, you know, bananas. <laughs> but I will make a, I'll make a guarantee. Anytime you want me on, and we set that up, you know, short of, I won't know, abuse it. I won't. Yeah, I won't abuse short it. of the wife, you know, the wife taking, you know, and going on trips like that. Short of that, we will make exceptions, you know, to the schedule. We'll make sure we on there because I love again what you're doing and where your heart is as far as abundance and getting that message out. And that is what you're absolutely dedicated to. I, I love that. So the reason why I created the Hero Academy was to celebrate all of our frontline heroes that right. society calls heroes. I know you may not look at yourself as a hero, but you are a hero to someone and a lot of people out there. You're a hero to a lot of people out there. You may not call yourself a hero, but there's a lot of people that look at you that way. So that's why right. I called the show the Hero Academy. Awesome. And the whole entire purpose of it was to create a platform where we could celebrate the people that have stories of success such as yours but also talk about the people that haven't yet found it and you know they're still in the job they're still in the trenches so i like talking to people of all levels the yeah. you know the beginning right the beginning stages of their career and and the tail end and and right. people that have also retired right my question that's been lingering in my mind yeah I think it's rude to ask you how much you money you make on an annual yeah. basis. But yeah. the question that I have that I know is not rude is how many streams of income do you think that you have, or do you actually know? Oh, you trust me. The wife, wife, you know, is exactly. Uh, so it is, is currently eight, eight streams um, of income. So yeah. I want everyone that's listening to take note. The average millionaire has, they say seven streams of income. That's the number that they say. And so what, what's confusing, I love this. Here's my thing, Dave, too, that I don't like is we get stuck in cliches. And that's how we we as first responders kind of learn about money and other. We learn in cliches. Well, Dave, and I know your clients have probably told you, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this business you want me to do because I don't have money. You know, Dave, I don't know if you understand this, but it takes money to make money. And they use that as a stop. Yeah. Instead of thinking creatively and saying, well, yes, and also, it doesn't have to be your money. Yes. How about from a, an abundant sense, do you know how many people, millions of people out there that have a ton of money that are looking for good projects and good, honest people like yourself who are coming from law enforcement yes. who do what they say they're going to do? There's just not a lot of people like that bottom line, being in real estate and business there are some sharks out there that will, I think they'll sell their mothers into slavery and to have officers that do exactly what they say. In fact, they always discount themselves. They always do. And I'm always pushing them like, no, you're worth more than that. No, this is, you're, you're being too generous. Let's, you know, so. I just had an idea. Um, it's something that I learned when I was I was temporarily a real, I tell people I was temporarily a real estate investor. I had three uh, homes. I had, oh, I had nice. three homes. I sold, I completely regret selling uh, one of them right. because uh, I think I'd have many more right now if I hadn't sold that, that other one that I sold. But anyway, I digress. My point is one of the things that I learned from real estate is that there is no shortage of money. There is zero shortage of money. You find if 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 someone goes out and they find a deal and they bring it to you, and then you're gonna you're gonna share in that deal. It, what you know, however you work it out. Man, let me just tell, let me just stop you here. I hope everybody that's listening, you know, this is a super. This is a nugget that I hope people go back, rewind that, and write that down. If you think we are BSing you, then you're wrong. Again. Hear what he said. There is no shortage of money. There are absolutely people are waiting for you to bring deals because that's not what they do. 
Right. They made their You're not out there. Yeah, you do occasionally drive around and look for certain things. But Absolutely. if you have but if you have a dozen people out there just saying, hey, I just found this great deal. Yeah. They're not playing with their own money. They're playing with yours. And if it makes sense and if right. it makes sense, you're going to invest in it and they're right. going to benefit from that. That's exactly right. Your money, your money has to go to work. Every dollar has to have a job. If you don't think like that, then guess what? I will. Because you're going to stick your money in the bank. And guess what? I'm coming to the bank. And I'm like, hey, guys, uh, I have a project. It's a and this is real. We have a multi you know, dollar you know, project, you know, you know, in the outskirts of, uh, of uh, Atlanta here. And I'll borrow your money and I'll make money. And they'll give you two percent, maybe. How's that sound? While I make a substantial windfall off of your money. That's not right, guys. It's not right. If we just learn the, the, the real game about this, you know, I mean, you don't have to do the project. You could just say, hey, I've, I've got, you know, this money in my 401k. Dave is, is proven himself as a, you know, a real estate investor or a business, you know, buyer. Dave, here's $100,000 for my 401k. You know, I've moved it over and self-directed. Go do, you know, go forth and conquer. Cool. I'm going to give you a 10%, 15%, whatever return. As opposed to, you know, putting it in a 401k, it is my pet peeve. I can't stand it. I, I hate it. It is, it is a, you know, it's, um, it's really a trap. And I, I am very adamant about that. And uh, you, you made me think about, um, have you heard about DJ Envy and Flippin' NJ, the scandal? So he's a DJ in New York and okay. he was promoting this guy called Flipping NJ. Look into the story when you get a chance. I feel like I know that. And uh, this guy named Tony the Closer. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know Tony the Closer because he's from around here. Yeah. And yes. I, he kind of got some stuff on here too with another. Guy that we, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he exposed this individual from New Jersey. Yeah. That was basically uh, taking, he was taking deposits on properties that he wasn't actually selling or doing anything with. He, uh, it, it was a, massive ponzi scheme for millions of dollars so look into that story when you get yeah. a chance but yeah how can people protect themselves because when you say a hundred thousand dollars from their 401k yeah. how can someone know that they're actually and they again dropping deal? nuggets I, I love it a drop in gold here and so here's here's what i want to tell you. you you want it here it is don't believe me don't believe Dave. that's what we don't want you know why to get your knowledge so that we're all sitting in a room and I talk to you and you're at a level. If you're doing it only because we said so, that's not good. You're not a good partner. You're not really bringing anything to the table. Your money doesn't really, it's not that valuable. I can go find money. I would, I really want people that are educated because people that are educated understand the whole, you know, cycle of this. They understand the ups and the downs and we can keep doing more. And I, I, you know, from my heart, I want you to be educated and understand why you're making moves, not just because someone's told you, hence the 401k. Someone told you to put your money in there because they're going to match. But that's not really how we play, you know, in the stock market. It, real investors know how to play up and down, sideways, short stocks, do all these things. That's really how we do it. But in the 401k, you're limited and you're stuck and it becomes trapped money. And you're convinced that that's a good system. It's not. So become educated and, and really take ownership of where you want to go. When you have ownership and knowledge, now you can make moves. Now you have real freedom. If you're just doing it because every, everybody else is doing it, well, you're just as imprisoned as everyone else. So get the knowledge. Then come be a partner with, you know, one of us or somebody or then, you know, what the move is. I, we, we lend money out all the time because we would know what we're doing. We're positioned when I lend money to to another real estate investor. I know it's secured by that property. I have no problem. I also know who you know they are. I, I can hear what their strategy is. I can even put input. Oh, by the way, did you think of this? Yes, I did. Cool. Thanks. I know what's going on. I don't invest in anything. I don't invest in anything that I'm not really familiar with and really understand. So. Is your strategy um, fix and flip, buy and hold, or a combination of 
all of those things or a little bit of everything? Construction? Right. It, it, yes. <laughs> so we, we do everything. We don't close the door. I mean, like everything. We believe in, you know, being a ninja on everything. We want to, I mean, and that's everything. Um, so the first mastery is learning what a, what a deal is. Okay. Then deciding what you want to, you know, work in. Maybe you want to buy, you know, auto body shops, which we love. Okay. Maybe you want to buy, you know, medical practices, which we love. Maybe you want to buy, um, you know, um, single family homes that you turn into um, pad split or short term rentals, which we love. Um, but you, but we need to have a strategy. Okay. And from there, we start building our buy box. Now, some things may not fit. That doesn't mean we're not going to make money. I go to Dave because I know his buy box. And Dave says, hell yeah, I'll buy that hair salon because, you know, my girl, that's all she does. She knows how to master this. She knows how to, you know, recruit. She knows how to manage these things. Absolutely. I don't want hair salons. I don't know anything about it, but you know. Same thing with maybe your, you know, beach rentals. You're like, yeah, take them all day long. I got this. So know what you're going for. And we believe in being a Swiss army knife. There's opportunities everywhere. If we don't take it, we can, you know, we could have and think as abundantly as possible. Somebody else is going to make money with it. So wholesale but we have to master what knowing what a deal is there's so many different strategies there's uh dozens yeah. dozens there's, yeah. uh, just off the top of my head wholesaling yeah. uh airbnb yeah uh like i said fix and flip yeah buy buy and hold yeah. construction uh turning it in rezoning there's so right, many right 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 yeah entitlement so so it, it just kind of and, and then we're very forward thinking we try to think three steps ahead it really depends on the season. Right now, um, people are getting freaked out and uh, with the interest rates, and they're going to tell you it's a bad time to be on real estate. And I'm going to tell you it is a good and fantastic time to be on real estate if you know what you're doing. We are making more, you know, more deals now because people are kind of stuck and they don't know how to solve these problems. Before, it was very easy. Put in a market, boom, got done. Now, people have to think creatively. Well, we don't have a lot of people with that experience, either as real estate brokers or as investors. So it's leaving, you know, a huge opportunity for people like myself, and my wife that really know this stuff and think creatively and, and, and are able to solve problems for these sellers. And so that we, we keep ourselves as problem solvers and we keep learning how to do that. So um, don't listen. The other thing is golden tip. Do not listen to people that haven't done what you want to do. Mm. You know, Got one of your sector partners or one of your detective, you know, buddies are saying like, "Hey, man, real estate's risky." Yes, and also, the risk is highly mitigated if you know what you're doing. Going through a door to serve a search warrant is risky if you're a brand new rookie and you don't know anything about, you know, you know, search and seizure. You don't know anything about tactics. You don't know anything about all this. You can risk. There's a whole line of risk between physical risk. You know, uh, mental risk, you know, you know the law, we, we messed up because we didn't double check and we hit the wrong door. There is some risk there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned risk. It makes me think of insurance. Um, one, one of my mentors talked about all the different things that you can sell. You can sell access. You can sell insurance. You can sell something physical. You can sell something digital. Yep. Are you moving into the digital space? Is that part of your portfolio or so you we, highly so physical? We do digital products. We do digital products, um, intellectual products. Uh, we like those um, knowledge, you know, where we, we, we recognize, hey, there's a need that we have a particular skill set and knowledge that we sell. We, uh, one of the things that we love doing with our clients is they, they come into our program generally for either to buy a business, buy real estate, or boost a business. Um, but also what we we typically find is these guys have talent that they didn't even realize. You've got podcasters, speech writers, book writers. You, you've got, um, you know, folks doing, you know, business credit and all kinds of different things. They don't even realize. We, we had one that's doing right now, um, school safety. So we're able to pull out these other elements, make it into a digital product or work with them to make it into a digital product. And now they're getting paid while they're sleeping too. Cause they, they never thought about it. Like, yes. well, you know, it, so 
Yeah, we we are we love that because of the low cost. Once we do it once, and it's just reoccurring. We put it on our systems, and yeah, there you go. We love it. Yeah, I love I love that you brought that up. Uh, switching gears, your other half, she is a high performance coach. What does right. that mean? What does that mean? I know this is one of and, it, and it's a, it's it doesn't even really describe what she does. Um, <laughs> and it, it drives her crazy because a lot of people will say, "I'm a performance coach" or "I'm a life coach," and you know, and you know, we 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 use these other terms like um, to, to try to best describe her, and we really can't. But so we fit it in that box. But <clears throat> this is someone that is able to truly move you to the next level, not just talk about it, make you feel good. Um, a lot of people, you know, the the biggest thing that stops them is the mental. Yes, and so you. Have a person um, just to explain you know what other what the private sector has said her value was there were there are folks fortune 100 companies that will contract with her for fifty thousand dollars for her to come in and coach these high level executives to move the needle very significantly she has this amazing way of looking things in a three-dimensional way um, both with science both with the mind and both with the you know and with the heart um, this is a dynamic way of looking at things having that person in our program, if if I wasn't connected with her, we wouldn't be able to do it. And we wouldn't be able to, it is allowed us this super confidence that folks that work with us are gonna get the results because that's what we focus on first is the mental. These things, these handcuffs, maybe we have money issues, you know, money mindset issues. Maybe we have imposter syndrome. We don't feel like who's gonna listen to me. What I'm just a cop, I'm not a chief. What do I know about leadership? No. So we, we get people to focus on those blocks and push forward. Just an amazing, an amazing woman. Um, I put her up against, she is at the level of Brandon Burchard, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, she, we are nudging her to share those gifts with the world. We really are. Um, she's a very private, creative person. I, I We believe next year she's going to be coming out like a comet. Uh, I'm super excited about that. Um, and some people I, I operate best behind the scenes. You know, you're the face of the company, and they are they're they're the you know to do a chess analogy. They're the queen of the board. They're right. the most oh, powerful sure. piece. You know, oh, the most sure. powerful piece oh, on sure. the board. Um, you're the king, but you know the queen is making all the most significant moves behind the scenes. Some people, that's where they operate most best. That that's where they operate best, and since she's a you know unique person that actually wears is able to wear you know both hats um, successfully. I am not that type. I have one role and not that many gifts. Um, I'm always mar I have always marveled at people that have been super talented. I have a best friend. She's like that too. Super talented. She is a classically trained pianist. She you know. Um, if she continued on, probably would have been awarded a PhD in, in science at the super talented artist. Me, I just, I can shoot, I can blow things up, arrest people and maybe lead. And, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I don't have that many talents, but I'm always marveled at these people that have, you know, my best friend is like that, just super talented with, you know, all these kind of things. So, um, you say, you know, you I, you know, I think it has a lot to do with her being willing to sacrifice you know, you know, for, for me and for this mission, she totally is into this mission. So I am deeply honored uh, and privileged to have that person, you know, walking alongside of me and and helping me and really huge counsel. I mean, just, I could not do the things that we are doing now would blow your mind. If you were behind the curtains and it's, it's almost, you know, 100% because of her and her leadership. If, so. uh, if someone does hear this and they say, I want to work with that guy, how, should they how could they connect with you yeah so you know you connect with me like we connected you know on linkedin um the wealthy servant.com is you know you'll get right to my web you know website and connect with me there and we'll schedule a talk and um i, I am doing less and less you know strategy calls uh just uh, super busy and that has not been my vision to do this full time but uh, I try to make it a practice that I get on there one or two calls 
and make myself available during the coaching. I, you know, that's that's different. My clients have a, a lot more access to, to myself and, and my better half and the rest of the staff. Um, but yeah, if, you know, please. And even if it's just a matter of like, hey, I got some questions, shoot me on, shoot me, uh, you know, a text or a DM in LinkedIn or connect with me, you know, through the wealthy And um, I would love to connect with you, especially anybody that's considering or waffling, not sure what to do. We're at the uh, top of the hour and I want to respect your time. So I'm just going to hit you with my final five questions that I ask pretty much everyone. Nice. And um, and we'll, we'll call it a wrap. But no, question right. number one, what is your definition of a hero? Because if anyone can define it, I think it would be you. Wow, man. I know it's a tough question. It hits a lot of people with a lot of different ways. But yeah. I'm going to tell you that it's in your title. Yeah. Yeah. Serving, yeah, service. I would agree with that. I would totally. I would agree with that. And exactly, I I, I believe someone that's and and someone willing to you know walk authentically in who they are, and to be true to themselves and true to others, and and be at peace, and again willing to serve others. That is a true hero, um, and it can be in the smallest ways. You know. I think teachers, I was raised by, you know, three teachers, my mom, my, would, my father, my stepfather. I would push back. Now, my mom was one of my heroes. She was a custodian. Yeah. She was a custodian. She worked in the schools. I would push back against uh, teachers, custodians, garbage people. You know, And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't necessarily risk their lives going to work, whereas firemen, law enforcement, medical personnel they actually are risking something for sure for to sure. serve to serve us yeah you yeah. know when you put that vest on and you you went to work yeah you you were risking something for sure so i think yeah. in order to really it, my def my personal definition right in order to be defined a hero and this is why i represent these people yeah you have to have something on the line yeah and and as you said, you have to be cert performing a service. You have to be serving, yeah. right? Yeah. They're public servants. But yeah. I think there has to be something on the line. I think like yeah. if you just go into work, I don't think that qualifies. Yeah, yeah, no. I, and so and and having and I can tell you from my 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 family from that from the educators standpoint, they put a lot on the line. I you know, you see these. Unfortunately, we actually have you know, examples of these school shootings where these teachers talk about putting it on the line. They're terrified. Yeah. And they, and they're willing to sacrifice themselves to save their kids because they, they believe they're not that they are their kids. Um, so I think there's a whole line of people who are true, truly, you know, um, heroes and, and blessings to the society without a doubt, honestly, the, the, you're right. The first responder, especially again, where my heart is law enforcement, you're right. What we see on a daily and we, and we push down and say, Oh, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. I, I saw this lady get run over. Oh yeah. I saw this guy get beat up to, to a pulp. Oh yeah. You know, I saw this, you know, homeless kid, you know, all, you know, or, and I saw this over, it taxes you. Oh yeah. I, I had to do a felony car stop. Oh yeah. I got in a shooting. It is, it is, but yes, go out there every day, every day and continue to be a positive beacon, despite what other people want to frame it as. Please, before you criticize, step in those boots for a week and do that job. Then, then all the criticism that you, you, you want, please a heap upon us if you, if you still feel the same way. But until you step in our shoes, then it, perhaps you ought to you know, hold your tongue and realize the gift that you're given, you would never be able to truly afford you know, their value. You, you just can't. You, the return on investment that people get, the society gets for law enforcement is immeasurable. They're asked to do so many different things, uh, mental health, crisis counselors, uh, so you know, child protective services, the initial, the initial responder to, to everything. Right. Um, now you've stepped away for it for uh, a few months now, but I know there are stressors in your day. And right. um, when you're starting to reach your breaking point, how do you save yourself? How do you show yourself love? Yeah, man, that's such a great, 
He's got some good, good questions. Um, I, I work out. I, you know, I, I get in the right headspace. I also, you know, talk it out with my better halves and, and make sure I communicate that. That is, you know, we can't, that's what we do, right? <clears throat> Typically, we do the other thing where we hold it all in. I was very fortunate to be raised by, you know, a mother that was very expression and said, hey, and, and validated, hey, get that out. Get that out, express yourself and talk to other people and reach out. So that I never saw that as a weakness. You know, I was very fortunate. In fact, when I was in the Marine Corps leading those guys, they made it a requirement so they could put it on me that they had to. They go, oh, Captain Vina made us go. But that way, the burden was off of them, you know. My third question for you before we wrap it. Uh, you had a busy plate. What made you decide to uh, tack on coaching? Was it just so many people coming to you? I, I, I strongly believe in coaching, you know, you know, yes, that. yes, yes, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> to, and, and this, this has been about a two year journey. Uh, and truthfully, um, it's taken two years to really step in the role. Um, I wanted to, you know, ride off in the sunset and just, you know, be by my, what I thought, because I was dealing with serious imposter syndrome. What value do, even though, you know, I was earning significant money on, and it had significant proof, of, you know, from, from my business. I still like, you, you have this self-talk in your head, like what value do I have? What can I do? It's crazy. Um, I realized when I was leaving, uh, my better half was like, well, who's going to help them? What do you mean? Well, they're going to go to all these gurus that are just selling products. You know, you know how skeptical they are. Yep. They need somebody that they can truly relate and ask the, the, the friggin' tough questions and say, look, dude, I'm, I'm working 12 hours. Look, I, I, I just I just did all these you know, search warrants. I got to do returns and everything else. I got to do all these case files. How am I going to do this? And somebody, you know, somebody else might let them off the hook or somebody else might, you know, tell them something else and not be a good coach. And that's what she said. Look, they need somebody like you that has been all the way through ups and downs and can tell them the straight and, you know, still give them, you know, that hope and that possible and the roadmap. And it took me a year really to step into it. And I thank God that you did. What's oh, your uh, what's what's your power? What's your best strength? What's your best ability today? I think being optimistic. I think staying optimistic and and try and 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 seeing uh, being optimistic and uh, and kind of gathering people together. The other we one, have. Uh, we have so much in common because uh, people talk about the state of law enforcement, but I am an optimist to my core. And I nice. always say the pendulum of common sense will swing again. It, it will yeah. swing because people yeah. will look around and say, okay, we have to apply some common sense here and the pendulum will swing. You know, after a career of 30 plus years, you've seen it swing right. a few times. Right. You've seen it swing. Right. So, Absolutely. We benefit. We have the benefit of hindsight. We can look back and say, you know what? The tide goes out. The tide comes in. Things don't stay the same. Right. Change is inevitable and things will change. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sometimes, sometimes, and, and that's for the worse, sometimes for the worse and sometimes for the better. That's right. And, and you're right. And uh, I think it's time, you know, for these new folks a uh, new generation uh, to step forward um, and and lead. It's time for a new way of leadership. It has always kind of rubbed me wrong that we've always had the old leadership style in law enforcement, but we try to claim that it's the military. Well, the military doesn't lead that way. We Para, don't train paramilitary, leaders. Paramilitary. Yes, and that's uh, it's always funny. It's always rubbed me wrong. I'm, no, not not at all. But it, I, I I can see it already. It's already swinging back. Um, now the problem is we've got to do a better job of recruiting these talented people because they kind of have said, you know, you, you really have diminished our value. You don't really see this job as critical until you really need it. Um, I don't want to live my life on a yo-yo. And talented people get their value, and now we're in trouble. We're we're in real trouble trying to recruit them back because we have not done a good job of recruiting them, retaining them, 
and helping these folks flourish. Our current, you know, folks that are in there now, we 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 have a hard time doing that. So it's time for people in leadership to step up, really step up. Um, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the you know solution. And if you're part of the problem, step down, get away, get out, because you're gonna it's it's coming that you're gonna get called out and you're gonna look really stupid. So. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, lead, follow, or get out of the way. You just said That's it. Right. That's right. That's you just right. said it. Lead, follow, or get out. Make it. Make a decision, for God's sakes. Make a right. decision. Go in a direction. And my last question for you, Monty, it, this one's for fun. Yeah. If you had a comic book superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, man. So I'm just going to say, you know, I, I love Superman. I would just say flying. That's my thing. That is my next jam. I'm currently enrolled in getting my pilot's license. Part of what my uh, I'll be doing next year is I'll pick up, a, a you know, a, a, a small plane to you know, as part of my, my business. But I love flying. Love the idea of that, man. So, yeah. Do you follow um, Maxwell? I can't remember his full I name. I do. Max Maxwell. As Max Maxwell. Player, yeah, we, yeah, we do. Yep. He yep, posted yep, yep. he posted a video once of him going into his hangar yep. and taking out his green plane. Yep. And I, I wrote, you know, a lot of times I don't comment on people's things, but I wrote, I'm like, man, this is so inspiring. I'm like, thank you for posting this. Yes. And I think I shared with you before in one of our conversations that I was choosing between being a pilot or being a police officer. Really? Yeah. Uh, or maybe wow. maybe with someone so else. It's I funny you that say that. You. No, it's funny you say that because uh, yeah, I, we were discussing that uh, when I was in the Marine Corps. You, when you go into we, the Marine Corps, gets the majority of their their officers off the street from college. Well, I originally had an air contract, and at the last minute, I switched to ground contract. And I, you know, but what was weird because I always had a dream of flying, and I don't know why to this day what happened, why I switched, but. Man, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Good luck. Good luck on your pilot's license. And thank you. I appreciate that. And I really, really look forward to uh, continuing the conversation. I am so incredibly grateful that you hopped on today. And it does fill me with energy. Like as as soon as we hang up, like I go, I drop to the floor and do some push-ups. Oh man. Oh man. What a motivator. You fire you fire me up. This conversation fires me up. And I'm so incredibly grateful for you. And if anyone resonated with what Monty had to say, and you want to get into real estate, you want to know about his coaching, look him up at thewealthyservant.com. And that's all sure. I got to say. It's a wrap. And Dave, I am I am so honored and blessed. And I'm super impressed. Uh, I'm excited that you, you, you had me on. So thank you very much. I look forward to working with you. And I, I whatever I can do to help in, in your, your massive success, you know, I'm here for you. Just call. I'm going to find a way to serve you, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I right, take Bye-bye. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of this story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just, just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.